Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. First Samuel 1747. Of course, we're going to start with the theme of this conference. Uh, a powerful, powerful theme. And, and I want you to hear this. You walking in the victory that God has for you, listen, is more important than you could ever imagine. In your lifetime, in the, the place we are in history, it's so important that each of us walk in the victory that God has given us, that he's prepared for us. So there's a challenge, there's a, a struggle, there's the ebb and flow, and we're going to talk about that tonight. And I pray that tonight we will uh, not only leave here walking in the victory, but standing firm for those around us. Listen, there's people that surround you every day. Some we know, some we don't, some we love, some we don't even know them at all. But they are, they're around us and they need us to walk in the victory that God has given us. They need you to. I've got my world, you've got your world, but we're all surrounded by those who need to hear from the Lord. And he's going to do it through you and me. Tell your neighbor through you. Amen. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 47. And everyone here will see that the Lord God does not need swords or spears to save his people. He is victorious in battle and he will put all of you in our power. We know it's King David or David at the time making a statement to Goliath, right? Amen. We know this story and he's making a statement about the victory that God is going to bring. It's not going to be through the weaponry of man but it's going to be through the power of his spirit. Now, we all love to win. How many love to win? Winning feels good. That's a Diller fan and not a Raider fan. But anyway, <laughs> praise God. We, we, we like to win. We like to win Super Bowls, not just regular season games. Amen. <laughs> I know he's not. I know he's not. Amen. Praise God. So if you're a Raider fan, I do apologize. Amen. But at least they're here for you now and charging you too much for tickets, I guess it sounds like it's going to be. But winning does feel good. We all want victory in the Lord. We read of David and Goliath. What a, what a wonderful, powerful, inspiring story. And we read of that and we realize that we want victory over our giants too. Our giants are a little different, aren't they? they we need victory over mind battles. We need victory over temptation. We need victory over emotions or sometimes issues of the heart. Sometimes we need a victory in our finances. That's why you need to give. Use a little code and give. You can give during service. I don't mind. Amen. That might be an altar call to give a tithe. They may give an offering. Sometimes we need victory in our marriage. If you're married, you say amen, right? Sometimes we need victory in relationships that have been broken. It's sometimes it's just the struggles of life. We're facing that we're facing difficulty. It could be in ministry that we need. We're praying and we're believing God. We're believing God for victory in the harvest, right? We're believing God for souls to be saved. I pray for that every single day, believing God, that our church is going to do our part and see as many souls saved as we can. We're believing for victory to see people delivered. 
people that come into our services or that we connect with and share the gospel with, we're believing that they're delivered from substance abuse, from fear, from, from the attack of the enemy, from the bondages that the world gives them, right? We're believing God for deliverance and victory in their life that we might see that and see them blessed and walking with the Lord. But the truth is, is that while we're on this earth, we're going to face the ebb and flow of an ongoing spiritual war. Even after one victory, amen, another battle comes. We see, experience, we see victory in salvation. We see healing. We see deliverance. We see growth in our ministry or in our own personal life. We see fruitfulness, and we get excited. We, we walk in that blessing, and there's just this, that joy and excitement that comes with seeing God answering prayers or someone else making it. Man, you weren't sure they are going to make it, but they got through it, and now they're standing for the Lord, and we celebrate that. We celebrate that. Amen. We, we, we see the seasons of joy. Have you ever had a season? Man, you're just feeling good. I'm feeling good. Right? Seasons of peace. Where before your mind was like a maniac, right? And it just went everywhere. And you, some of you thought some crazy thoughts. Amen. I remember I was with an evangelist. He's probably preached here. Amen. Not my son, but another evan- powerful man of God, right? And this tells you how long ago it was. We went to Blockbuster video store together. And, and we're sitting there and we're parked, we're parking and, and there's these people getting out and stopping, getting out of their car, leaving the car running and throwing their videos in the box, right? And he's sitting there and he's going, oh man, oh man. This is an evangelist preaching revival at my church. I go, what? He goes, man, if I wasn't saved, I'd be still in those cars, man. <laughs> they were some nice cars. Amen. Amen. <laughs> So we, we see seasons where our mind actually, our mind is actually has a measure of peace or, and we're aligned, our, we've aligned ourselves and recognize the, the alignment with the word of God. But there are also the seasons of sadness, right? How many believers you go through seasons of sadness for whatever reason, seasons of difficulty, struggle, and you feel yourself fighting for victory and you experience victory again. I believe the Lord not only wants us to have victory, but he wants us to live in victory. And there is a difference. Amen. Experiencing a victory is different than living in victory. Because in some seasons of this spiritual war, the ebb and flow, the back and forth, hear me, we think we're losing We think we're losing, but what we've forgotten is we've already won. Some seasons of life, and the past, like Pastor said, we've been saved a long time, and we've experienced these seasons back and forth, and they just don't, it's just part of life, it seems. You think you're losing, because circumstances look that way feelings come on feelings are pulling us away from the sense of victory we have in the Lord and I don't feel like I used to the feeling seasons are you with me 
So we go through those seasons where we feel like we're losing. Look at me. But you've already won. Amen. You know, I, I experienced some great moments of victory in my life. Several of them. <laughs> Thank God for that, right? Moments. It was a time when, uh, when we were pastoring our first church in Hawthorne. And we had gone through really a great time of revival. You know, God moved. We had a good time. I actually quit my job and went full-time for ministry for a few years. And then we just got struck, man. We got hit, right? And we started going through hell, right? And some of those people had a name in our church. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, they didn't. Facebook, forget that. Edit that out. <laughs> Amen. So, I'm, so you're feeling downtrodden, you know, you really, at the time, honestly, I felt like a failure. I'd been pastoring the church for years, my wife and I, and we, you know, we'd gone through some, some great times, good times, and then, then we just hit this, this, this warfare that just, it just hit us hard, and, and, and now I'm, I'm feeling defeated. I even made the statement, you know, I, I had planned in my mind, you know, Lord, you know, maybe, maybe I just need to go back to the mother church and, and just be a regular guy. I don't, you know, why am I going to stay out here and struggle like this? So we went to a pastor's retreat, which I really didn't want to go to, right? Because in those pastor's retreats, you, you pastors have been there. You know, I mean, there's some re really great testimonies. And when you're feeling like a failure, you don't want to hear those testimonies. Oh, well, praise God, we got a brand new building and, you know, 10,000 square feet. We don't have to pay any rent. And they're going to send us 100 people to start coming to our church. And I'm going, man, I'm about to have, ready to have church in my car. Right? That's how my fle the flesh is like that, right? So I didn't really want to go, but I went. And I'm listening to the message. And honestly, I can't really tell you what the message was about. I don't remember necessarily. But I do remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I'm sitting there feeling like a failure, thinking it's just time for me to go back. It's not really for me. Right? And, and, and I went to the altar. And I just, the Holy Spirit began to touch me and speak to me. And among many of the things he said, one of the things he said to me, and I, and I remember this too, it's like I didn't hear an audible voice, but I, I felt like I did. And he said to me, don't be ashamed of what I've done with your life. Don't be ashamed of what I've done with your life. And in that moment at the altar, as I'm weeping like a baby, right, and the pastor's going, man, I really got to him, man. I really preached a good one. Yeah, he did, man. I don't remember what it was, but the Holy Spirit got me, man. <laughs> I got up from the altar, and I felt victorious. And I, and, I, and, I, and I said to myself, I said, you know, God, I was talking to the Lord, and I said, Lord, you know, if you want me to go pastor this church and be in this church just the way it is for the rest of my life, then I'm going to do that to the best of my ability, and I'm going to enjoy it. So I went back, talked to my wife, and we're going to stick it out, babe. We're going to stay here, and we're going to do it. But here's the thing. That's victory. But walking in victory is going back to that church in the same circumstance and pastoring that group of people the best I can for the rest of my life. That's walking in victory. The circumstances didn't change right away. But I began to walk in victory. I had to go back 
and pastor them the best I could. Sure, there was areas in my life that I, I knew the Lord was working on, and he still does to this day, but continued to work in me. And I, I began to choose to live in that victory. And I, wouldn't look at, I wasn't just looking anymore at, at results and things that happened, and man, what if this, and what if, it was just, I just want to be obedient to you, Lord. To live in the newness that comes from our moments of victory is living in victory. To live in the newness that comes from our moments of victory is living in victory. We have those moments of victory, then we choose to live in that victory. Romans 6.4 says, Therefore we, need, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. We walk. This is a journey. These are steps that we are taking. We're going from one point to another, walking in that newness of life. That experience of victory, walking in that newness, following in a new direction, a freshness, a freshness in our walk with God. Some of you need an oil change, a Holy Ghost oil change. Amen. Walking in a new direction, sensing that freshness in that moment of victory, sensing that relief, that lifting of a burden that we've been carrying and battling with and struggling with, the lifting, the circumstances are changing, but now we are walking in the victory that God has presented before us, walking in the freedom. There still may be a temptation and struggle of the mind, but we, we choose to follow the new direction that God has given us, it, walking in the joy that comes from that moment of victory. We've had moments of victory, and sometimes living in victory looks different than what we expect. You realize that Goliath had made a, a proclamation that the Philistines would be the slaves of the Israelites if the, if the Israelites could send a warrior to defeat him. If he kills me, we'll be your slaves. If I kill him, you'll be our slaves. And that happened. Goliath was defeated, but it never happened. The Philistines never became the slaves of the Israelites, right? They never did. They ran away. They took off after they saw their, their hero defeated. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this, amen. Sometimes victory doesn't look like we think it should. We have the moments of victory where we experience the touch of God. We experience a move of the Holy Spirit, and He is moving in us, and it's the beginning. It's the seed of a new step, a new walk in victory. But it, it's a continuing. Sometimes that victory, the circumstance doesn't change, Right? Sometimes it doesn't change. Sometimes there's still a battle for finances. Sometimes there's still a struggle in the marriage. Sometimes there's still a difficulty in ministry. I went back to my church, and we didn't experience massive growth. We didn't break out in revival. It was the same circumstance and the same people. But I was walking in victory. Because I was doing what God had asked me to do. Amen. This was not David's last battle. We celebrate this battle because it should be celebrated. And, and I've heard some powerful messages on, on killing my giants in my life and, and the victory over giants. In our, and I thank God for those. I've been inspired by those messages. Uh, but this was not David's last battle. It was not. And he suffered great defeat. Even after this, he had great deep personal failure. He was attacked by others, right? 
He even had tragic family experiences. And he came out of it still considered a man after God's own heart. For believers, we know even when conditions or the situation is not ideal, we can live in victory. Did you hear me? I was listening to the worship tonight, and every song talks about, amen, understand, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. What does that imply? That tomorrow's got some issues that I need the Lord involved in, right? Right? That's the, these songs are making that implication, you know, Lord, I'm going to stand with you. The faith that we express, uh, stepping out, even when the circumstances and conditions uh, are not ideal, we can live in victory. You can still live in victory. If your husband's not saved, you can still live in victory, even before he gets saved. If your wife is not saved, well, maybe not. No, yes, you can. Amen. If your wife is not saved, you can still live in victory before they get saved. Amen. If the circumstances aren't right, in your ministry. You're struggling here, struggling there, battling here, battling there. You can still walk in the victory that is provided by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. I hear it. I hear it. Amen. I hear you out there. No, I can't. You don't know, Pastor Dave. Man, you don't know what I'm going through. I, I know. I know. I, don't, I may not know what you're going through, but I know the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That will cause us to walk in that victory, even in the midst of those circumstances. You know, I, we, can, we, can, we can relate to David, right? Again, we, we, we recognize the wonderful victory of killing that giant. And it inspires us, as it should. We see his other failures and his defeats and we see him coming through amen but you know not only can we relate to david but i know we can also relate to the men in the army of israel i know we all want to be david but sometimes we're just like the rest of those soldiers stick with me come on you're not okay yes you are amen don't lie amen if you lie you fry that's what they say amen I didn't make that up, David. I don't think it's in the Bible, though, bro, is it? Amen. We can relate to the men of the army in Israel. Look at, did you know that these men came ready to fight? They came ready to fight. The same guys that put up with Goliath for 40 days coming out and defying them and defying God, they had come ready to fight. In fact, the very day that David killed Goliath, they were lining up, they lined up to fight. The Philistines lie, you can read it. The Philistines lined up on one side, the Israelites lined up on another. They came ready to fight. Look at verse 2. It says, Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in Eli, Elah Valley, where they got ready to fight the Philistines. The Philistines lined up on one hill and the Israelites on another, with a valley between them. Listen. These were not weak men who cowered in fear in battle. Just like us, some of you. You're not a weak woman. You're not a weak man. You're ready to fight. You're ready to fight. But something happened when they saw Goliath. Right, we read verse number four. It says, a man named Goliath from the city of Gath came out from the Philistine camp to challenge the Israelites. He was over nine feet tall and wore bronze armor that weighed about 125 pounds and a bronze helmet. 
verse 6. His legs were also protected by bronze armor, and he carried a bronze javelin slung over his shoulder. His spear was as thick as the bar on a weaver's loom. How many know how thick a weaver's loom is? I don't either, but it's pretty thick. Amen. I don't. I should have looked it up, huh? Amen. Somebody Google it real quick. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Amen. Its iron head weighed about 15 pounds. I've seen some babies with big heads too, right? And they're, they're, my son had a big head, right? But it's all the brain power. That's what it is. But what, where did I go? What did I do that for? Sorry. Lord, forgive me. Bring it back. Amen. A soldier walked in front of him carrying his shield. A soldier walked in front of him carrying his shield for him. Goliath stood and shouted at the Israelites, What are you doing there lined up for battle? I'm a Philistine, you slaves of Saul. Choose one of your men to fight me. If he wins and kills me, we will be your slaves. But if I win and kill him, you will be our slaves. Here and now, I challenge the Israelite army. I dare you to pick someone to fight me. Verse 11. When Saul and his men heard this, they were terrified. These were not weak men. These were battle-tested, hardened soldiers who didn't cower in fear in circumstances like that. But Goliath unsettled them. With the ebb and flow of the battle, the spiritual war that we face as we live on this earth, there will be, listen, there will be circumstance, there will be situations, there will be inner turmoil. Listen, there will be inner turmoil that can unsettle you. You're not weak. You're a warrior. You are. How do I know? Because you're here on a Friday night. Amen. In Vegas, right. I did already. All right. <laughs> I'll do it again, though. <laughs> he unsettled them. They, they were terrified at this prospect. And in seasons of life, we can find ourselves in that place. We don't understand why we feel what we feel. Lord, why do I feel this inside? Where is my mind? I feel this pressure. I feel this frustration. I feel this burden. And we can become unsettled. Circumstances take place. Tragedy. Sickness. Come on. And we can become unsettled. You're not a coward. You're not a weak man. You're not a weak woman. You're a warrior. But the unsettling that can come from circumstance of life assaults all of us. You have to choose to walk in victory. Because you too have come ready to fight. We want to believe in God. We put in the work. We keep investing in the kingdom. We keep praying. We keep worshiping. And the whole time there's a battle going on that no one else sees. There's a difficulty. There's a struggle. 
Maybe even we, we may even have a hard time putting it into words. Now, you may not have ever experienced this, but if you've been saved any length of time, you are going to face seasons like this. And they're unsettling. Like we were. We were unsettled in that moment. A bunch of things took place. My parents left to Russia on a missionary journey, right? And, and we were close. And for my wife, they were like parents to her. And there was an unsettling there. And other things took place that just unsettled us. And the thought came, maybe I should just throw in the towel. I've seen great men and women of God fight through some of the hardest spiritual battles in life. Some of the hardest battles life could throw at them. And I've watched them and I've seen them. And they pushed through. They fought through. They, they smiled and lifted their hands in worship when they felt like weeping. I've seen them. I've watched them. Everything life could throw at them and they pushed through. They lived in victory. But the problem is, issues keep coming. And for some, over time, weariness or frustration can unsettle them too. They feel like they're losing but they've forgotten they've already won. The great victory in our text did not start on the battlefield of Sohor, the valley of Elah, but in the shepherd's field in obscurity with David as a shepherd boy. Amen. That's where that victory started. Listen, the great victories don't start right then and there. They start right here, right in the middle, right in the middle of the battle. Right in the middle as you're preparing, as you're serving God, as you're watch, as you're continuing to be faithful, even when you don't feel like being faithful anymore. When feelings are assaulting you, when thoughts are assaulting you, when circumstances assaulting you. The victory doesn't start just at that battlefield. Living in victory has to do, listen, Living in victory has to do with faithfulness in obscurity. Listen to me, church. Faithfulness is victory. Faithfulness is success. It is success. Living in victory has to do with obedience in weariness. I've done all I can. I've gone as far as I can. I've tried as much as I can. You know what? I'm just going to be a regular guy in church. I just want to come and not really do... Man, the enemy's fighting me. Amen. Living in victory has to, be, has to do with obedience when you're weary and you feel like you can't go on anymore. You can't handle that circumstance anymore. It has to change, God. It has to change or I'm not going to make it. Amen. It has, this living in victory has to do with obedience and weariness. It has to do with worship in the face of hurt and sadness. Amen. When others have let you down, when, when the circumstance hasn't changed, when you've prayed and, and, and you know God is moving, but people aren't responding uh, or family's not responding or the situation isn't changing, uh, but you still lift your hands uh, and close your eyes uh, and you sing uh, in faith, uh, knowing and your heart is stirred. Uh, yes, Lord, because you live, uh, I can face tomorrow. 
Hallelujah. That's living in victory. It's not just having a victory. It's living in victory. It has to do with faith in the midst of failure. Come on. Pastor Dave, I've failed. You don't know my history. I've failed. I've failed so many times. Well, you know what? God, if you've repented, God doesn't remember your failure. He's for you go, Lord, you remember when I did this? And he's like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. All I see now is a man after my heart. All I see now is someone that I want to fight for on their behalf. Amen. It has to do with faith in the midst of failure. You want to live in victory? You want to live in victory? Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Keep giving. Keep sowing. Even when you've been unsettled. One of my favorite verses that stirs me is Psalm 126, verse 5. You guys have heard it, many of you have heard it many times. Those who plant in tears will harvest shout with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. You know what this is? This is a picture of a farmer who's had a very bad harvest. A farmer who's had a very bad harvest. Only a small amount of food and grain has been gathered from that harvest. The expectation of his, of his harvest was, was much more, and he has very little. And then comes time to sow. I mean, how many of you are farmers in here? I know. Amen. I use farmer's insurance. <laughs> yeah, I know what some of you grew, but that's not what I'm talking about. Amen. <laughs> that's, another, that's another story, right? Praise God. But for this farmer, as the psalmist writes about, it's time for him to sow. In other words, he has to plant seed now to have a harvest in the next season. Are you with me? The problem is he doesn't have enough seed to feed his family now and sow for the coming harvest. He doesn't have enough because this harvest was so bad. It was so bad. That he could not, to, to take that seed to sow, that means that he would literally be depriving his family of what they needed now. But the farmer knows he must sow. He must sow. He takes all he has, his precious seed, and with a heaviness, he takes that seed and he begins to broadcast it in the soil. And he begins to weep. Because every time he throws that seed and scatters it, he knows that he has great need at home. But he weeps. You want to live in victory, walk in victory, Christian, man of God, woman of God, keep sowing. 
keep sowing. I don't know if you've ever sown in tears. I'm sure you have. Because I have. God, I'm a failure. I don't know if I got with the goods. But I'll keep doing it. I've given so much. And I just feel like the harvest isn't coming. The circumstance hasn't changed. The situation is the same. You want to live in victory. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Sow in tears. There were times that we would we would weep about our situation in church. Things that were going on, things that were happening. And it takes everything we've got with that heaviness to plant in the ground. That heaviness of emotion, that heaviness of burden, that heaviness of failure, that heaviness of hurt, that heaviness of frustration, that heaviness of weariness. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. And he prays. Father, I need you. We need a miracle. And he sows. And he waters. And he sows. He sows in tears. Doesn't sound like victory, does it? But that's victory. That's living in victory. Sowing in tears. Don't stop sowing. Don't stop sowing. Don't stop sowing. Because you may sow in tears, but you reap in victory. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, God doesn't just want us to have a victory, but He wants us to live in victory. And I don't, I don't, I don't know where you're at or what battles you're facing. But if I can encourage you tonight, victory may not look like what you think it looks like. Victory to me in our church would have been, you know, I went back to church that day, that next Sunday, and we had 500 people, and we had a brand new building, and, you know. <laughs> but it didn't look like that. It looked like us just kind of buckling down and say, okay, Lord, we're just going to stay obedient. Stay obedient. And God helped us. We merged and we did all kinds. God just did a bunch of great things. And I can tell you, he's faithful. He's faithful. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I'm going to tell you, keep sowing. Keep sowing. That's walking in victory. Keep worshiping and keep praying, keep giving, keep sacrificing, keep staying, keep your involvement, keep going, keep going, keep going. Because you may sow in tears, but you reap in joy. 
Amen. And I'm going to tell you tonight. Amen. You can do the Lord a hand. That's all right. Praise God. That's living in victory. Living in victory. Recognizing the Lord's with me. And I'm going to keep going. Let's bow our heads in reverence to the Lord tonight.